Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. One of our most favorite events here at Rising Above is coming up on June 24th and 25th, and that is our annual By the Brook event that we host every summer for moms and grandmothers and female caregivers who are raising children with special needs. Now moms, trust me, you do not want to miss out this year. We have so many amazing things in store for you. We want you to be there with us. So go to our website or to our app and you will find all of the information that you need about this year's event. You don't want to miss it. Now, my guest today is Michaela McKenzie. She's been married to her husband, Brandon, for almost eight years. They have a son named Bear, a daughter named Daisy, and a baby girl due in October. Their son, Bear, was diagnosed with congenital CMV at only a few months old. And we had such a sweet conversation, and I loved getting to know more about her and her story. And I know that you will be encouraged by what Michaela had to share in this week's episode. Michaela, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to get to hear more about your story. So thanks for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, we met, what, about two weeks ago now, I think. Has it been even that long? Maybe, Um, Yeah, maybe not even that long. Maybe not even that long. But we were in, okay, I would say my favorite clothing store in the Upper Cumberland in the Cookville area, which is CG's. Um, she's a friend and been on the podcast before. And I happened to pop in there because she's on our board and I needed to talk to her about something. And there you were with your sweet son, Bear. And I think I walked in and CG was like, we were literally just talking about you. So yes, I feel I like there's in. moments that, you know, God totally just orchestrates together. And that was just one of them because, you know, Bear goes to therapy right by CG's and I pop over from time to time and um, we happen to be talking about rising above and, you know, the podcast and, you know, this bright light just walks in and (laughs) he's like, we were just talking about you. (laughs) So funny. Well, and what was so funny was then you were like, yeah, listen to the podcast. I think you listen to it a lot of times when you're driving, you live about 30 miles away. And so when you're driving into therapy to where I live, that you'll listen to the podcast on your drive. Yes. So yeah, that's usually what my long drives consist of our podcast and happens to be one of my favorites. So, uh, well, so then I said, okay, well, I think you need to come share your story after I met, heard more about you and met your sweet son. And so I'm excited, like I said, to get to hear more about you and about your family. And, you know, like I I saw your sweet, beautiful bear and he's so (laughs) handsome. So tell us a little bit about you and about your family and introduce us to your sweet son, Bear. Sure. Well, um, we live in Crossville, Tennessee. Um, We've been here about four years. Um, We're originally from South Georgia, uh, my husband and I. Um, We've been married almost eight years. Uh, We met in high school. Mm. Um, But God called us to Crossville, Tennessee. my husband's in full-time ministry. Uh, he's a youth pastor. Um, and, you know, Bear was just a baby when we moved, little, little baby. So mm-hmm. we were leaving family and grandparents and, you know, wow. that comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but we definitely knew it was 
God calling us out to Tennessee. Um, so yeah, we've been here. It's been four years this month. Um, and we have an 18 month old, uh, little girl, her name's Daisy and bear is just the light of her life. <laughs> um, she, she loves her big brother. I don't know how much bear, you know, he's, a, she's still annoying little sister right now, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of our life right now. Yeah. Um, just busy and, oh, and we have another one on the way. How did I forget that? Yeah. Um, we'll have another little girl here in the fall. So three kids, um, but we're excited. We're really excited. You're going to be an even more busy mom at that point, oh, yeah. <laughs> managing all the things. And so, you know, I was reading a little bit about you before we started this conversation and you were telling about his diagnosis, mm -hmm. uh, which is congenital CMV. And I was new to this. This is a new, something new that I had not been right. exposed to before. And so share a little bit about his diagnosis and then how it impacts his day-to-day -day life. Yeah, sure. Um, well, it is, it's congenital cytomegalovirus, but CMV for short. Um, I had never heard of it either. Um, we're still pretty new to it. I'm almost five years in and um, I'm still learning daily about it, but um, I had a healthy pregnancy, um, pretty typical delivery. We had an emergency C-section, but everything was fine. And um, we were just excited to you know, welcome our new little bundle of joy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were young parents, um, but they were doing all the typical things they do in the hospital, you know, checking to make sure baby was okay. And he was doing great. Um, and then they come in to do the newborn hearing screening, very typical, normal thing for them to do. Um, but bear had failed. Um, but they explained to us, you know, this happens all the time. It's just fluid. We'll retest tomorrow. Didn't think anything of it. So they came back the next day to retest him and he had failed again. Um, and they said, fluid's just being real stubborn. Mm. We see this a lot. It's okay. So they retested again the next day on our last day in the hospital and he had failed for a third time. And they said, okay, we might need to get this checked out. So they let us go home for a few days and we came back for a more in-depth, you know, um, hearing test and he had failed that as well. So they um, referred us to a pediatric ENT um, to kind of figure out what was going on. And so Bear was only maybe a few weeks old when we had seen the ENT and he was also a little, you know, confused as to why Bear was failing his hearing test in one ear and there was, it wasn't anything genetic and we don't have a history of it in the family. Um, and that's when the, you know, professional educated doctor pulls out Google on his phone. My goodness. <laughs> yes. You can imagine us as young parents, like, is he the diagnosing doctors. our child through Google? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but he had just said, you know, I heard of this thing called CMV that, you know, causes hearing loss in newborns. And we're like, okay, we've never heard of that. What is it? So he refers us to an infectious disease doctor um, where they run all the tests and 
do all the things, which came back with a positive test for cytomegalovirus. Um, and in short, that is just something that 80% of the population has. It's a cold-like virus um, that it, it doesn't really affect you if you, you know, are healthy and okay, but it becomes dangerous for pregnant women. Um, and I had never caught the virus prior to getting pregnant with a bear. So when I caught it while I was pregnant, it then affects fetus, um, which is what happened in our situation. And I had no symptoms of it. Um, there were no signs, um, except for the failing of the hearing tests. Um, and CMV, you know, you, you meet one kid with CMV and you've only met one. They're all different. Um, it affects them all differently. And you kind of don't know how it's going to affect them until they grow. Um, so with Bear, we knew that he had hearing loss and that was about it. Mm. Um, so from there, they, there's really nothing they can do. Um, they just watch them as they grow and see how it's going to affect them. But um, Bear also had plagiocephaly and torticollis, which the plagiocephaly is just the flat spot and the torticollis was stiffness in the neck, which kind of was brought on from the fact that he was deaf in one ear and didn't like to be on his hearing ear because then he couldn't hear at all. Mm. So um, from there, we started the, all the therapies, you know, the PT and everything just for that. And he was only maybe two months old. Um, and that's kind of where our CMV journey started. And he's almost five now. And we have a long list of diagnoses that, mm -hmm. you know, come from CMV. Um, he was affected pretty severely. Like I said, some kids that have CMV, um, might just have hearing loss, but bear, um, you know, he got infected pretty severely from it. So, um, you know, his day-to-day -day looks a lot different from most mm -hmm. five-year-olds. Um, but yeah, most, most people have never heard of it before. Um, even though it's fairly common, sometimes goes um, undiagnosed. Um, but I definitely think it's something we need to get the word out about it. Um, so more pregnant people know about it and, you know, can be aware of it. So that's kind of their story now. Yeah. So he's five years old now. He'll be five next month. Yep. And I saw, um, you know, I got to see him. He's in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. right? And I think, does he have cochlear? It looked like he had a cochlear implant. Is that correct? He has a cochlear implant and a hearing aid because um, he is completely deaf in one ear and um, partially deaf in the other. And um, it kind of gets progressive. So we are planning for the future of two cochlear implants. Um, so yeah, he's in a wheelchair and he's got his little hearing devices. Um, he's nonverbal. Uh, he's very loud, but he's nonverbal. <laughs> That's my son too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he's in PT, OT, speech. He does it all. Yeah. All, all, any therapy, therapy that's available he had, that's kind of how it was with my son when he was little too, is like whatever was available we had. And so yep. as a, as a young mom, that's hard, you know, when you are, I know for me, when I would see other moms going off of doing play dates and going mm -hmm. and doing fun things like that, that was not our story. And, and we, no. 
uh, it looked completely different for us. So how's that been? How's that been for you as a new mom uh, on this? You know, you, you had no clue, you know, when your child right. was born. And so how has that impacted you as a mom? Ooh, past few it's years? a lot. It's a lot. Um, you're so right though. You see, you know, mom's taking the kids on the play dates and all these things that other kids, you know, their peers are doing. And that's just, you know, we try to incorporate a lot of those things, but, you know, busy schedules as special needs parents, um, don't allow for it a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, so most of our days are therapies and doctor's appointments and prescriptions and equipment and insurance. That's a fun one. Um, you know, yeah, that a lot of other parents can't relate to, but, um, you know, it is a lot, but, you know, looking back, I feel like God totally prepared me for it. Um, not saying that I have any idea what I'm doing. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm lost on most days as to what I'm doing, but God definitely prepared me for the life of a special needs mom. Um, Right before I had Bear, uh, for a few years, I was working in a school as a teacher's assistant in a special needs classroom. Always had a heart for kids with special needs. Um, I, you know, my, my goal was always to become a special education teacher. Um, that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought God was setting me up for that by getting me this position as a teacher's assistant, um, you know, being surrounded by kids with different abilities. Um, but looking now, he was really preparing me for yeah. being Bear's mom. Um, Cause obviously, you know, I don't work in the classroom anymore. Um, I had to stop after I had Bear, but that totally prepared me for the things that were to come with Bear. Mm-hmm. I was familiar with the therapies and a lot of the diagnosis that Bear has. I saw them firsthand with other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like this, you know, I wasn't going in blind essentially, I guess. Um, so I did, I feel like I did have that upper hand, um, that God gave me, you know, preparing me for some of the stuff that we were dealing with now. Yeah. That's kind of, I I used to be a school teacher before I had my son and I remember that. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, as a teacher sitting on one side of the table of an IEP meeting, Mm -hmm. you know, from the teacher perspective, But then moving to the other side is the parent, you know, it's such a totally different thing, but it did prepare me. I knew what to expect. I knew what yes. was coming. And, and, you know, even though it's your goodness, when it's your own child, it's, it's different. Heart wrenching, <laughs> wrenching. But, you know, when you look at Bear, what is it about him that you just love the most? You know, so often people look at our kids and, and they only see the cochlear implant. They only mm-hmm. see the wheelchair. What is it that you love about your sweet son bear oh man well bear is definitely not a worrier like his mama Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I worry about all the things and we could just be you know surrounded in chaos and bears just laughing and giggling and Mm -hmm. smiling um he just he really is my snuggly bear Mm -hmm. um which is something I love about him because you know he, he doesn't meet a stranger um he loves to love people, um, which, you know, I feel like as a special needs parent, we do see a lot of the judgment from people or, you know, just things like that. But he, 
he doesn't care who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to love you. And um, it's just, it's so cool to see that from the parents' perspective and that he's totally, you know, ready to love on anybody. And and I just love that about him. Yeah. I, lo- I love the innocence of our kids. It's yes, absolutely. So, so beautiful. And, you, you know, I was thinking about back when I was a young mom, you know, it's a very long time ago. <laughs> it's been 20 <laughs> years since I've been where you are, but you know, that, feeling of being caught between like, okay, I'm John Alex's mom. I'm Mm. also caregiver. I'm also like doing all these therapies and trying to find this balance between being just a mom, but then making sure that we have all of these therapies and appointments and all those things in place. So is that something you find yourself struggling with? And if it is, what do you kind of do about that? Absolutely. That's a big one I struggled with. Um, and I still struggle with it, uh, finding that balance between mom and caregiver. I mean, the list of things that special needs parents, you know, just that list in general that we have, um, it feels like it's never ending, but there are days where I just have to stop and say, you know, I'm mom first, Mm -hmm. of course, all his needs are getting met and, you know, he's got a lot of them, but at the end of the day, I'm mom. And Sometimes I switch over to that caregiver role too much um, and not the mom role enough. You know, I'm getting the medications and doing all the therapy stuff. And it's just, it's not the mom role that I envisioned for myself. Right. Um, you know, I would much rather be taking him to the zoo than to the doctor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those things are necessary sometimes, but. I have found that it is very important to sometimes not every doctor's appointment needs to be done right now. We need to go just be bear and mom. Mm. Um, and that's something I've had to learn how to do over yeah. the last few years is step back from that caregiver role mm-hmm. because I am bears, you know, primary caregiver since I stay home with stay home. We don't really stay home, but right. <laughs> You know, oh, right, right. I, I love that word. You know, stay at home mom. When we don't, you don't work outside of of your home, right there. Yes, you work very much so inside and do exactly lots of, lots of things. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But just finding that balance has been a priority of mine, and I feel like I'm somewhat getting there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to be getting that at where you are on the journey because it, it's, it yes. is a struggle. I remember because I used to be a school teacher. I like made lesson plans and I made, it was yep. like, you know, put it, got in teacher mode. And oh it's yeah. Like, oh goodness. I just want to be mom, you know? Yep. Um, but you know, so often we also, we deal with grief, you know, the grief mm-hmm. that comes along with those missed milestones, those, those, the death of dreams that we had uh, when, before yeah. our child was born. And so, what has been your grief journey so far um, as a young mom of a child with special needs? Um, it's It's been a roller coaster, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. Uh, I feel like that's just a common thing um, with special needs parents, that grief. Um, you know, and I don't think that other parents maybe understand that grief because it's not like we lost our child or it's a different type of grief. We lost the idea maybe of what our child was going to be like. Um, And 
the grief for me, I feel like a lot of parents, when they get those diagnoses, that's when the grief hits. But mine was so delayed for some reason. I don't know if it, you know, was because we didn't know what CMV was and we didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, we thought maybe, oh, bears just, you know, going to have hearing loss, but every season it was a new diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, and that grief of, you know, okay, he's not going to walk. He's not going to talk. Um, you know, we got the CMV diagnosis, then cerebral palsy. And, um, it was right before his second birthday, he had some pretty traumatic seizures. Mm. And that was kind of when the grief hit me. Yeah. Um, just another thing to deal with, another yeah. thing to be on high alert for, mm -hmm. another medication, another doctor. Um, and that that is when the grief of, you know, this is not the life I had envisioned for my child to be in this pain and to be heard and spend most of his life at therapies and doctor appointments and, you know, everything that is special needs. Um, but I feel like the grief also came when I had my daughter. Um, I feel like oftentimes as special needs parents, we play that comparison game mm. and that's a hard one. Yeah. You know, I compared a lot to bears peers, but it's different because they're not in your home and you're not surrounded by them 24 seven. But um, when my daughter was born, even at a few months old, I saw her hitting those milestones before bear, you know, her older brother. And um, that grief was a little, you know, that one stung a little bit more because mm -hmm. you want to be happy for your typical child that they're, you know, hitting those milestones yeah. and, you know, they're developing correctly. And, but then at the same time, you're grieving for your special needs child that they're not there and they might not ever be. Yeah. Um, so grief definitely comes in seasons for me, I feel like, um, but knowing how to be prepared for it has helped a lot. Um, and knowing that, that it's okay. It's okay yeah. to grieve, but not to stay there. Um, you know, I let myself just have it out and, you know, we go from there and, and that's, that's kind of how I get through the grief, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's just like you said, it's like, you know, you, we, we all have those days that we're in the, we call it the pit, you know, we're in the mm. pit, we're struggling oh, yeah but we can't stay there. You know, we can't stay um, in that place of despair because yes. we, we, we have people depending on us and, and, oh, yeah. you know, and, and we have to look and go, okay, God can heal us and help us. And I think what you, you, know, you were saying, be prepared. It's like, you know, we know there, there's going to be another milestone or another thing that's going to happen. And just like going, okay, I know this could be uh, like when, when he turned 16, that will, for us, mm -hmm. that was a, that was a hard spot. Um, yeah. And just kind of going, okay, I know this is an opportunity to be, uh, for it to be really, really hard, but, and just going and knowing that um, and giving yourself the grace. It's, it yeah. is okay to grieve those things that are not going to happen. But then again, like you said, it's being willing to then pick up and move on and move through and find the joy that you do have in that journey. Yeah, um, absolutely. Whatever that looks like. You know, I know a lot of special needs parents, including myself, struggle with anxiety. You know, when we have our kids, um, especially with seizures, I think people don't realize, unless you have a kid with seizures, uh, 
how stressful that is. Like you're on guard Absolutely. all the time, you know, and other special needs, I mean, other families have other things that they're looking at in their special needs journey. We all as special needs parents have things that cause a rise in that anxiety. Um, does that something you've dealt with and, and what have you done about that? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The seizures for us were, you know, like I said, I had been around them before with other children, you know, that had special needs, but it is a totally different ball game when yeah. it is your own child. Um, but that alone just can cause the anxiety, but mm -hmm. I definitely felt a lot more of the anxiety um, just this past year, the end of last year. Um, it was at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I don't even really know, you know, what pinpointed or anything like that, but it was just a very, very tough season for our family. Um, you know, dealing with bear, he is growing a lot more. So it's becoming physically challenging now. Um, and not to mention just all the mental and emotional mm -hmm. stuff that comes with being a special needs parent. Um, but bear had been dealing a lot more with self-injury behavior, mm -hmm. um, just something no parent wants to see there, especially small child mm -hmm. dealing with. Um, and that just, my anxiety went through the roof with it because I knew what was coming. I had seen those behaviors before. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that this potentially could be our aut autism diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, I had seen some other behaviors that kind of led me to that. And sure enough, we um, just got that diagnosis um, Valentine's Day this year wow. that he was on the spectrum. And I knew that meant more doctors, mm -hmm. more therapy. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, how, how can I add one more thing to my plate? Mm -hmm. How can I do that? But I knew it needed to be done. I mean, right. I just... Bear needs it. Bear needs the help. Mm -hmm. And I just did it. I didn't know how we were going to do it, how we were going to make it happen. Um, and so I just, like you said, I went into that pit mm. and it was a pit though. I did not know how to get out of. I always, you know, had my checklist of, you know, read your Bible, pray, get your alone yeah. time. But I just threw that to the side and said, I'm done. I'm done with it. Mm. Mama needs a timeout, a very long timeout. Um, but thankfully I have a husband who recognizes that. And, um, you know, I just really, you talk about it all the time, community. Yeah. I just really needed my community to stand in that gap for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and they did. And that was a huge blessing because it's just something I couldn't do on my own. Um, so my husband and our church family totally just lifted me up from that and, you know, gave me God's truth to the things that I was feeling and thinking and saying that that is not of God. That mm -hmm. is not what he says. It's not the truth. Um, you know, he he's prepared you for this and what you can't handle, you hand it over to him. And those were things that I was forgetting. Um, that I needed people to remind me of, um, which is so why I'm with you on 
you need to have community, even if it's not special needs parents that might understand your day-to-day stuff. They they know how to pray and they know how to, mm-hmm. you know, speak truth into you. Yeah. Um, but that is how I got out of that just anxiety and just pit that, you know, sometimes we fall into. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm a little thankful for that pit because it has drawn me closer to God. And I, you know, when my, those thoughts come in that, you know, you can't do this and you can't add one more thing to your plate. You know, I, I run those through my filter of, mm. of God, you know, that's not from him. That's not of him. Um, so, you know, as hard as that pit was, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Wow. That is beautiful. And I love how you saw your community come around you, mm-hmm. you speak life into you, and then you can see the value of that time in the valley, in the pit, yes. to where you can now, um, now what I love is that you will now be able to speak into other people, other parents who are struggling in the pit, yeah. getting that next diagnosis. You can go, no, I've been there, done that, was in the pit, but this is how I got out. And so yeah. I love that. Were there, were there other things that those, that your community did, you know, other than speaking life to you, which is huge, but did, were there any, anything else that they did to come alongside you and help you during that time? Practical things. I think so often people don't know how to help our families. Yeah. So were there practical other things that they did to help you? Um, definitely noticing that or recognizing, I guess, that, you know, special needs families are out there. Um, and they need community. They need people that are going to rally around them and help them and step in and understand their family. Um, I think that it's a blessing that God called us to Crossville and the church that you know we're at, um, because there was nothing really for special needs families. Um, but then we showed up with a special needs child, and you know it was just very obvious that church needed, you know, a place for special needs families. Um, and right now we are starting a special needs program at our church, um, which kind of stemmed from, from bear. Um, and I'm kind of leading that up right now. And we, are just trying to equip our church to welcome families mm-hmm. with special needs and just give those families that time at church that, you know, special needs kids can still learn about Jesus and know that Jesus loves them. It might just look a little bit differently, yeah. but they, you know, they still can. And those parents just getting that, you know, time away from them for themselves mm-hmm. at church is super important. So just having our church get behind that has been a huge blessing for our family. And I know for so many families to come. Yeah. And you shared earlier that your husband is a youth pastor at your church. And so I'm curious, how do these teenagers interact with Bayer? Because I'm sure with your husband, he's there at church a lot and you got your whole crew there. So how have they interacted with your son? Oh my goodness. We love our kids. Those are our big kids. Mm -hmm. Um, They, wow, we have some 
some kids who have really just loved on bear totally without thought or, you know, just any reservation have just Mm -hmm. loved on bear. Um, and you know, free babysitting. That's always great. That's a plus (laughs) win-win. Yes. But, um, yeah, just having these kids experience, you know, a child with special needs, maybe Mm -hmm. they never have before. We even have some that have brothers and sisters that have special needs. And so they just, they know how to love on bear. And, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times I find myself apologizing for bear, you know, be careful. He, you know, might pull your hair when he gives you a hug or, you know, he might make a loud noise. And these kids are just like, what? Like, we love bear. What are you talking about? Like, we are absolutely all in this. And, um, we've just met, you know, whether it's parents of our youth that just, there's one lady I'm thinking of in particular that, um, her name's Laura and she works at the school that bear goes to, but her child is also in our youth group. And she is like Bear's best friend. Mm, Um, Just, you know, Bear goes over to her house and they hang out and um, just, you know, have their little sleepovers and it gives mama a break. And it's just, you can totally just tell that God has just prepared people for our family Mm. to love on us. And, you know, it's so hard to be away from family, but God has just provided a, you know, Tennessee family for us that is just so equipped, um, especially for Bear. Um, just like when I'm talking about Laura, she works with special needs kids and, you know, she knows what to expect with him. So it's not this, you know, you don't feel like it's a burden sending Bear to somebody who's maybe doesn't know how to take care of him. Um, but that, I mean, that's just through our youth ministry that, you know, we've met these teens and parents and things like that, that have just come alongside of us to love on our family. Love it. That's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that God has provided that for you because what a beautiful, beautiful gift. You know, our theme this year at Rising Above is restoration. And so we're asking all of our podcast guests, what are you currently doing that is allowing God to bring restoration into your life? So can you share something with us, what you're doing? I love that you guys are using restoration for the theme this year. Um, Cause I definitely, it's been vital mm-hmm. in my life this year, yeah. just to be restored and, you know, who better to be restored by than God. Um, and actually when I knew that the theme was restoration, I was like, okay, let's, what does the Bible say about restoration? And, you know, what I found was that when God restores he restores it better than it originally was. Mm. Um, and I just find so much peace in that, you know, getting back to, you know, how I was before, but God's just restoring me beyond that. Mm. Um, but the way that God has been restoring me this year is just setting, giving me that time to be alone, be alone in his word, praying. Um, cause as that stay at home mom, quote unquote, um, that's hard to find. It's hard to right. find time for yourself. Um, and then when you do get that time, it's, you know, you just want to sit there like a couch potato mm-hmm. most of the time I know for me, yeah. but getting in God's word and staying in it and praying and, um, finding myself outside of 
mom and caregiver um, so that I can be the best mom for Bear and Daisy. Um, but that that has just been vital this year to keep me keep me out of that pit, just knowing that God's going to restore me and it's going to be better than I was before. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It's been a joy to, to get to meet you and know about you. And now now you know, you know, you're just down the road. So when you're yes. in Cookville for therapy, pop in and see us here at Rising Above. We would love that. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.